Welcome to the Equality in Housing series with Housing Options Scotland and the UK Collaborative Centre for Housing Evidence with your hosts Pedro Cameron and Dr Gareth Young. This series explores equality, diversity and inclusion in housing research and practice through sharing stories and experiences from people working across the sector. In this episode, we speak to Rohini Sharma Joshi. Rohini is an experienced equalities consultant who has been a prominent figure in Scottish housing for over 30 years and was awarded an OBE in the 2022 New Year's Honours List. We spoke to Rohini about the barriers ethnic minority older people face around housing and how research, both existing and future, can improve their ability to access and meaningfully engage with services. Um, my name is Rohini Sharma Joshi. I came to Scotland in 1981. Uh, I always lived in Scotland. Um, my first job was with the Edinburgh City Council Housing Department. For, uh, I worked there for 11 years. And then um, while I was working um, uh, with the council, I was also um, volunteering involved with community and equality work with the organizations and the communities. So um, then this opportunity came with the housing associations, three national housing associations to work as a housing and equality putting together. So that job was made for me. And um, then I started with the housing associations um, who mainly focused on older people uh, and uh, worked with them for uh, 22 years. So it makes my over 32 years in housing, equality and older people. So I've recently uh, joined uh, Age Scotland as a part-time and also do equality consultancy part-time as well um, to, to really because, you know, it's my passion. I enjoy, you know, uh, working with, um, uh, you know, inequality in housing and older people put together. Yes. I guess to, to really start off, it's quite a big question, but, you know, when we're talking about older people, we're talking about such a wide and varied group of people. Yes. So really just to, to get some of your thoughts and insights on how you think we should be thinking about housing for older people and, and how can we better understand the multiple different issues that, that different people and different groups face? Yeah, um, I think uh, when I talk about older people, all the work with the mainstream housing associations and the housing sector, um, then my expertise and skills came in place when, took, when we start looking into delivering for most marginalized underrepresented groups. So um, then I developed some project and initiatives became um, uh, examples of um, good practice and you know there was award-winning program. So uh, I, I think I always say in the quality work is is um, easy to do that, but then start looking into meeting the needs of uh, those groups as well, must be included in any service delivery. Yeah, of course, um, their main issue with any, as a human's older people, is uh, location, safety, accessibility, amenities, and, you know, housing for life, and um, when their care needs are, you know, taken into consider consideration in the, in the later age as well. Another side is a poverty, you know, um, long-term illness. Th those are very common issues. So, um, or, or recently loneliness uh, post-COVID. Um, and then if you add then on to for those marginalized communities who face barriers, 
It could be a language, it could be culture, extra services, they don't know where to go. So those, those, those barriers multiply, those needs are a little bit more complex and uh, that. You're absolutely right when we talk about then um, ethnic minority communities, and we need to understand within those ethnic minority communities, there are many, many communities. It's not as the homogeneous community as such as a one ethnic minority community. People have come from various countries, different backgrounds, different religions, different languages, traditions, cultures. So you 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 know you name it. So as I, I think what happens is that with the equality and delivery uh, servicing to all is that as a fear of getting it wrong. And then, oh, how I, we can understand this, how we can know this, there's so much to know, we will make mistakes. So in her, in her let's not do too much on, on this and just a little bit prognostic on statements and discussions, etc. So, um, it is, but for equality to be meaningful, we need to first of all understand who our customers are. It, it, to be it for a national level, we need to know our population. We need to, and uh, so at the local level, we need to understand who we are serving. And then it is smaller community levels when it comes to the housing associations or the organizations. It is that learning and understanding can take, you know, the service providers closer to knowing who they have in the area and then start learning further learning from there. So um, there's um, with, the, with these ethnic minority communities, uh, with the barriers, the reliance on family, friends, or just put up with it, what they have, and then they, they don't have any way of complaints. So there are multiple, multiple of reasons, but then we need to find solutions. We need to take a one step at a time and start delivering. It is achievable, can achievable, particularly as they say in Scotland, where that's where it always works. We are a small enough country to make it work because numbers are not that big, but if we need to know and understand that. Um, yeah, that's... Uh... That thing that you mentioned there about uh, fear of getting it wrong, that's something that's come up in every conversation that we've had uh, so far. So, yeah, that seems to be across the board uh, uh, a, a roadblock, basically, to implement in sort of real good equality, diversity, inclusion policies. Yeah, I think the terms like hard to reach and, you know, we don't know what to do, we don't know where the communities are, um, you know, how to reach them. We don't speak the language, will we be welcome? Mm -hmm. If I always say and challenge the um, officials and staff, whoever it is, you get, you get paid to do a job. So when you're doing a job, you need to do a job, then you're serving everyone. It should not be your choice who you think receives the service, who doesn't. Mm -hmm. So. It, 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 it is, I think when it comes to fear, it is a fear because there's a lack of understanding. Lack of understanding comes by training, understanding what is your responsibility under the law, Equality Act, and in general, um, involved, you know, tennis participation, tennis involvement, other consulting communities and etc. So if you are 
if the organization, you mean organization service providers are not reaching out, not making contact, because if they have fear they can get wrong, they don't understand, they need to understand that looking at the other humans, you know, they, they need to pave a way of getting touch. I think another worst thing is that there's something they take one off action. This, look, we tried, we did, nobody turned up, nobody got involved. Mm. So it has to be sustained program by which you go make an effort go. I mean, who, who, I mean, none of us would really be open up to anyone at the first half an hour meeting. Say, here I am, we do this and this. If you need me, come to me. I wouldn't because it has to be more than that, especially for those and groups and communities, they haven't had that relationship. And then there is a number of issues with the, you know, the, there's a lack of trust with the providers, not understanding if they see it, they come and do it. And then another thing is um, keep going back. Here it is who we are, uh, come to us if you need us, but not really have that very open details with, this is how you can contact us. That's what we are doing. Come over. We will meet your need of as any language barrier. If you got your thing, you tell us. I think mm-hmm. you had an open discussion of you tell us what your needs are. We record it and then we will make sure we look over what needs to be done. I think another biggest problem is that ad hoc service. Some, if someone organizes, some person get touch, they will be, they're very reactive. They react to inquiry and an issue and deal with it, but they don't learn from it. They don't put it in their practice in the mixture. We learned this. Remember, we need to follow up and develop that learning. And then you continue to develop the learning. It becomes your confidence. It, it, it means that you feel confident enough to go and reach out to the communities and then you feel they feel they can trust you that you will deliver. Mm-hmm. Trust is built by delivering, not by talking. Absolutely. You know, it just, it's, it's, not, it's not a talk. I mean, somebody needs a house or somebody needs a benefit. So somebody needs some information. Just telling them, just talking to them, it doesn't deliver. If you yeah. take them through the journey, help them, whatever barriers they face, then they will trust you. They will come back to you. So there are fundamental small issues which need to be looked at to making a house. I think everyone's need, you know, the recent problems, recent issues being in the papers and stuff, you know, if somebody can, it can be caused, someone's life could be lost because of these barriers. Mm-hmm. And then um, people will ask around, oh, do you know this happened? Well, how can we deal with this? But I thought, how come you never establish that relationship at the start? You sign up on a, a, a sign up on a tenancy. You sign an agreement. I'm sure you should know what that individual's needs are. Just give them the key of the house and just get on with it. Yeah. So, I, I, I think this human touch is lost in that. It's very much them and us. We give. We should be grateful or thankful. You got the house. Here it is. Just get on with it. I think that sport, yeah. Yeah. which goes with the housing. That is a, I think, most vital factor in human life. Because a house is our fundamental need. If you can get right, everything else, 
you know, the health, the environment, keeping warm, eating well comes with it. So house as a fundamental right for us, it needs to get, needs to get that right. Yeah. So in, if we move on to talking about older people in particular, uh, in terms of housing in the UK, what what do you think are some of the biggest challenges facing older people in terms of access to housing? I, I think what happens, there's a big gap. There's a strategic planning and there's a operational planning and the service delivery. Mm-hmm. Strategic planning, I, I, I sometimes astonish that how much time and effort goes into like every three years, they review and change the strategy. And strategy develops, goes for consultation. They don't make it easy. Consultations are easy. And um, I, I talked about this many, many times. I'm not very sure they feel who has a time as an individual. You sit down and write their 10, 15, 20, 60 pages consultation papers. Uh, they make it so bureaucratic because it's strategy consultation. But they... Those strategies are should be really for people at the grassroots level because they, those strategies are for them. Mm-hmm. And then it will come to operational time again, it's some tokenistic consultations, um, some discussion, et cetera, because they want to be seen to be making sure they're being inclusive other than then making sure the practices are inclusive. I, I think that there are different layers and then it, because, um, I mean, if it is continued with the strategy with the strategic, with the very much wish rather than will, and then it's really snowballing effect from strategy to operations to the delivery, and it gets lost. And uh, and for example, the recent COVID, um, you know, uh, was a evidence of. This, you know, the, the, the lack of services for those marginalized community, ethnic minority communities, people with the disabilities, people, you know, the, the communities from LGBTQ older people communities, mm-hmm. because there was a, they were not receiving services, they were left out. The COVID was an evidence that that's the reason they disproportionately by, affected by it. Do you know how many people died? How many older people died? from ethnic minority communities during COVID. They had no one. They, 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 there were some community organizations they were used to go to, they helped them. They were closed. They had nowhere to go. So again, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a human cost at the end people will face when you know happens. You go back, have a discussion, you have a long discussion. Everybody was so worked up about this and they have a meeting. We need to get right. Let's have a discussion, have a meeting. And nothing happens because we've gone back to normal situation. We are back to normality, services are open, but we don't learn from them. We just keep going as it was before as nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are some changes. There are some uh, discussion taken. There are, there's more willingness to do it, but I don't still think um, it's getting to the root cause of it that why we are not able to meet the needs of all why we're still ignoring why we're still finding it okay for us to um you know leave those marginalized individuals who are most vulnerable they may be the most in need to really 
to their you know own to really put up with it or uh, no question because they're, they're not going to question anyone they don't know how to if they can't access services they don't know how to complain a question or report so i, I think uh, it, it just becomes very normal then and uh, it, it, it's something we've said i mean i did um uh, we did a report with a, as a part of the project a lottery funded project the report kind us in in that so many case studies so many examples of the barriers older people face. And uh, they're expected to rely on family. If they don't have a family, their family are busy. They go to friends, their dignity, self-respect, confidentiality, nothing is valued. So, you know, there's, there's a house there, but then there's a life and soul and individuals. I think need to put it together. We can't have, physical building uh, to, to, to that, not see the people who are living it. I think this is most important. When it comes to housing, we talk about design, we talk about you know, accessibility, the location, the affordability, that's very important. But also see the people who are going to live in them or are living in them. Uh, thank you. I think that leads quite nicely onto to the next question, which was around, you know, do you think there's been enough done at a national policy level to support older people? We've talked quite a lot about the responsibility of individual organisations, but do you get a sense that from that sort of, sort of central government level, that, that kind of national overview, that there's enough being done? I mean, I've been part of the many uh, advisory group, the community advisory group, and with the Scottish government uh, on the housing and older people. Uh, I was asked to make a recommendation to the Scottish Government uh, Joint Partnership Group. I, I did make a recommendation. Yes, I think there's more discussion and more talk. I can openly say it. I am, I, for me, it's not going far enough. It doesn't go far enough. Um, just because you had a meeting and had made some notes, just because you had some example of issues you asked to brought the case studies, the living experience, lived experience, it doesn't not mean that's delivering. I, I still think there's a long way to go, but I mean, it could be quiet. Frustrating if you've been in equality for 20, 25 years, you seem to be talking about the same things again and again. Mm -hmm. But I, I think uh, it needs to be discussed and said, I, th I think they don't go far enough. Uh, what happens then, if there is some sort of example, um, the example of small funding, the small projects are funding, then those examples are exaggerated as by it has if, as if the equality has been delivered. But it's still not, we talked about the mainstream and mix in the, in the core of service delivery. It doesn't, it's not getting there. It's still, I think moved on to, some funding projects, you know, examples, we've done that so it could be noted in the impact assessments or, or the outcome reports that, that has been done with some case studies, but it still leaves out a bigger majority of those who, 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 are, not, who are still not receiving uh, services or good housing. They don't know. They don't know how to access. They don't know who to go to. Um, it is not open enough uh, at the different levels and et cetera. I know if anybody who is not working in housing is challenging enough for them to look for housing. 
just imagine the person who is not able to communicate, uh, feel disabled or whatever is, feel barriers, they are least likely to. They wouldn't know where to go to, who to go to. And then mm-hmm. if they do find some with, sort of, um, uh, with someone, but they do, another thing is not enough information. Um, and they see, then their expectation of a house is what they expect. And then what is available then becomes a bigger bar. I think that, you know, this becomes a bigger gap, becomes a bigger and bigger. If I don't know what I can have, what is available out there? For me, I, I, I would like, you know, sometimes people phone when I work in the housing, oh, can I, I'm looking for a three bedroom semi-detached house in the city center. And then I, I used to laugh, I said, so am I. But it is, <laughs> it is because if I need this, then that's what I will ask for. Unless somebody tells me and explains to me why. Yeah. You know, what is available out there? So I think then what happens is another thing is, oh, people think they can have this and this, and, you know, staff can have this attitude, and, you know, something fed up that did things. And uh, another thing is that older people as um, safety, especially ethnic minorities, uh, people as well, racism you know um fear of getting coming out at dark and the people said that they couldn't they wouldn't leave the house because if the location the area they are given a house is makes their life worse than what it was before it becomes very very difficult so it is um i think there are many 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 factors of um they, they need to be amenity, they need to be a religious places or worship places close by because they want to go there. And uh, they want to be near the community they can visit. So, you know, overcome social uh, isolation. And um, they, on to that, uh, when we did so many, uh, work with so many people, I know in England, there are uh, Black-led housing association. In Scotland, we don't have any. So I had really campaign many many years and in Scotland we need purpose-built or provided housing for ethnic minority older people. Not only shelter housing, now they're the first generation who've been here in Scotland, they are growing older. Their care needs are need to take into consideration. So if we have one tenant, one resident in a sheltered housing and care housing, they don't speak the language. Um, they are surrounded by white people across them. They, they can't communicate to anyone. God forbid, if they don't even have a family, nobody visiting them. So I had wrote, wrote a report for the Scottish Care that maybe their physical needs are being met by, you know, they're getting medication on time, they get a nice warm bed, but nobody talked to. Their soul is not being fed. They can't see their program. They can't listen to their music. They can't, you know, watch t- television programs or anything. So, so the language they speak is lost because nobody's there to communicate. People are being nice. Staff are being nice, you know. But this is not the only service we need. You know, as a human, we, you know, we, it's, it's like being in a person in a sense. Like, oh, here's your bed and you get fed. So be happy about this, you know. But it it, it, it needs to be done, need to be looked at uh, specific needs of certain communities. 
it, it could be quite dire something just because you, want, you don't want to get to know them as well. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. Um, and so we've talked a little bit, we've talked quite a lot about, you know, where there's gaps and where there's things missing. Um, but I wonder if you have any examples of good practice that is um, supporting older people with housing, with loneliness, as you say, or even, as you mentioned, with things like cultural, sort of racial um, community barriers. Yeah, uh, there are, I mean, in a big some housing associations have a, a Chinese, uh, you know, so far late, uh, uh, um, uh, shelter housing de uh, developments, whereby um, they have Chinese older people, they're supported by a Chinese worker, they get their own food. So that example of there's one community, uh, it, 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 they have it's bit, I'm, I'm talking about Scotland I think that's been helping um, where's some, that sorry where's that there's a, there's a like Cathy Gorty in Edinburgh and then um, there's a, in Glasgow there's one in Aberdeen one in Dundee so there Good. are example of mainstream housing associations have uh, uh, one development which buys for only for Chinese older people, but there, there's nothing for other communities. Um, I tried for over the years when I worked with the housing association to really get four or five to be in one development, so at least they have someone. But it has worked in some places. Some developments do have five, six, seven tenants when they see somebody moving in, into that development, they're trying to move into as well so they can speak to someone. If someone is, doesn't speak the language at all, if anyone does little and, and they can pop into each other's houses as well and you know have a chat rather than being stuck in the house. So the, yes, there are examples it's been, but I don't think it's go far enough and they're very little um, and especially in, uh, these days, uh, you know, in this, these times, they aren't. And um, then some older people are really struggling, but then community groups have done wonderful job with, with, with uh, you know, I think older people, those community groups, Eras groups, they go to them, they have a day center, they get lunch there, they can get the information, the bilingual staff helps them. So um, that has that has been a great help for the people when they know they can go somewhere, they can phone and somebody can assist them to access services as well. Um, but they are struggling with their fund, uh, funding all the time. Um, they have to do much more for the money they receive, but they do are a really lifeline for many, many um, uh, ethnic minority older people. Um, to, to go to place, so um, that 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 has helped, and 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 I have said to the um, policymakers and the local authorities, I think you shouldn't really see those groups as um, uh, someone you fund to do some of the work. You should use them as a partners. I think there's a lack of learning from both sides. Allow yeah. them the local authority thing or let them get on with it to helping them those some individuals then saying, can we learn from you? Can we reach out to the community you're serving at the moment? So there are practical examples, practical solutions, but they are not looked at because everybody's busy, too busy doing some things and they don't have time. Mm -hmm. Other work and etc. There's definitely wish. There's definitely more sort of a drive and uh, uh, do more, more. Um, but the frustration comes, especially 
for us working in equality when it's only to have meetings and meetings and discussions and what can be done, notes are done, yeah. and then have a one-off event and that seemed to have achieved the outcome. Which yeah. is- Quite often you go to meetings which are about equality, diversity, inclusion, and you talk and talk and talk about it, but you don't come away with many actions from uh, from the meeting. So yeah, can understand that. Yeah, one of the other things that we want to do is promote these conversations amongst the research community. Um, and so really it was just to to see if there's any current research that you've seen that's been particularly useful to you in your work and where you've perhaps identified where there might be gaps that we can start to encourage uh, the research community to, to explore further. Gaps, hey, I think, first of all, um, there's been so much research and then nothing happens with their search. Um, the, 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 the fatigue, research fatigue with it, especially one or two older people. They, they said, we ask, 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 we tell them that nothing happens. So first of all, at the current situation, I think look at the search already exists. Look at the recommendations already. Look at the findings already there. I, I think take that into account. Then if that has already been, something's being done about this, then see, look, okay, this is the area, there's a gap. Let's go and find out more about this. I think maybe rather than going for the etymology needs, etc., look at the specifics, you know, specifics of it more. At the moment, social care is a current and very lively issue. It's discussed on the political level, national level, and the, you know, West Minister, the Scottish Parliament, um, money goes into it and being changed at the moment, review, and then it's my first session as well. People don't really know what was happening before and what was there before, and you replacing it again. And they say like, okay, what do we know? It is like changes and asking again. It's a consultation fatigue has to somehow, somewhere need to take into account that when you go to someone, you ask questions, what happens to that? I mean, I organize many, many consultation meetings with ethnic committees for the Scottish government. And for me, I do ask, first of all, if it's uh, for strategy, these are the points that are made, the views of the groups uh, you consulted with. I would like to have a copy of the final strategy where I would like to see that those have taken into account. So I can go back to people and say, look, your input was taken into account. It is just not really just because half that so you, it, we wouldn't could. Really, I, I think if we don't demand that, it will be just left out. So I do ask, and, and then uh, it, I, I think this is, it, it should be, I think disrespectful in a sense, when you speak to someone, get them, have the, you know, give them your two, three hours of their time and they leave and then nothing's ever done, but it just tick the boxes you want to take that we were very inclusive, we consulted. So I think, are you already saving yourself by following the process or the process is in place because you want to make a change to the people who need services? I think mm-hmm. we need to really look at a gap as that. I think um, it is not really safe, safeguard ourselves. It These processes are to safeguard those who are most in need, in needed. So um, I, I think, I had campaign about this hard to reach. 
you know, stop saying just hard to reach. People aren't too hard to reach just because you find them hard to reach. So in a way, organizations, providers are hard to reach, not the people. If you want to, I say, how come you can find the restaurants when you go to a different field, but you don't know the people? If you, how come you're a housing provider, if you, someone doesn't pay the rent, you know how to reach to that person because they're paying the rent. But when it comes to the service, they need something, you think hard to reach. You know, it is about, I think the service providers, when they get paid to do job, they need to understand it is not by them as long as they get it right in writing, it implies they have to get it right by, by those people who need the service. This is what their job is. That's how it should be doing. So it, it, just a turning the coin on the other side and the flipping the coin, as I said, uh, to saying, look, it's us. Point the finger at yourself and point the finger at yourself rather than saying, as long as we've done this, we are happy, we are okay with it. So... Um, it is the thinking need to be changed and then um, someone needs to, they, they should be accountable for the things they do and then say, if you promise something, say something, it should be delivered. It's accountability and 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 and, and if you said something, it must be delivered. Accountability come, if there's accountability, then trust will come. If the trust comes, people will come. You. So there are those are the many many things. Uh, I mean, I said it many many times. Um, something there's a meetings are held when the notes are distributed at the end, and then discussion was held wasn't noted, and then I'll go back and say I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this discussion took place. Like quality is no noted. Why was that? So um, it it it's a, I think um, my my job is to really not to be, the, be happy that I'm a part of the process. My job is also to be campaign and speak on behalf of those who don't really get the opportunity to speak. Um, so we also set up a Scottish Atomic or Two Older People Forum, which I established by 2017 and I'm uh, based at the, uh, East Scotland. And then the idea was for me to really get Atomic or Two Older People themselves from varied, varied um, communities and backgrounds but then, you know, how services are not meeting their needs. And then they also get the information as well, what is available out there. Part of what, what we're wanting to do with that, at the Housing Evidence Centre as well is to learn how we can, um, any research and evidence that we produce, how we can ensure that the outputs are user-friendly for, for people in, whether that's the housing provider, service provider, older people, whoever that might be that we're wanting to target. How can we make sure that the, the research is accessible, user-friendly? Um, so really, it was just any any thoughts on, on what would be useful for you in your day job, things that we can produce that you could look at and go, right, okay, now I know what the evidence is saying in, in this space. Um, I, I mean, yes, evidence is there. So I think we worked with it even because when I did, um, uh, you know, develop a project, I mean, to older people, uh, project and did many good practice guidelines, evidence, case studies, um, events, and etc. So, for me, as event, the, the, the evidence is there. As I said, now what needed is a new coming areas for social care, etc. Need more information on this. Is the high the, the barriers are similar, but adds on. Um, it is more, um, uh, I would say, complicated and, and serious 
when you know that in the later age when it came to care needs when somebody's rely on someone fully and then but those those that they can't get catered who can speak the language or you know um uh, or, or, or or couldn't understand what their dietary needs are this little bit um their soul dies their you know their, their identity identity you know that they, they they done so much in their life they worked so hard all their life you know came in this country they made their home they worked 12 hours, seven days a week. So making life easier for their children. And then they did the job nobody wanted to do. I just, um, and then they come to the later age, they're still suffering. They still don't have, you know, the, you know what they need, you know, for their final few years. So there is, uh, I, I, for me, I, I know Gareth, you very much, university or evidence and the research. I think there's a lot of research out there. But somehow it has to be a search over research, all those research, what has come out of those researches. What where's yeah. the evidence? Where is the evidence that research and recommendation made change? I think this should be an excellent search and look into it. Yeah. Well. The, the, the point you're making is quite interesting because I've I've been having more conversations with people in social care centers and social care backgrounds, how they are wanting to link up with housing researchers more as well and i think there's there's a lot of overlaps and, and lessons that can be learned between those two disciplines as well which is what what you know you've been saying there so yeah i, I don't think i think research and delivery goes it has to go in hand in hand yeah. what happens you as a researcher so many other researchers um uh, uh, it's a lot of time i think it shouldn't be about us us all the time that we need to do this i mean we are doing the job it, it is has to go in hand in hand by Someone needs to really collect the information, uh, evidence of on the delivery from the researches, what changed. Yeah. I, I, I try to be the middle person and, um, you know, see it to do it. And I, I'm very keen that uh, when I went to the job is that I hope uh, that the, their views are hard, taken into account when developing new strategies or policies. But then it's also my frustration that I keep doing that, but I need to see the evidence is changing. Is changing. There has been some change, you know. There has been, but it's very slow, and it's very tiring. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion with Rohini Sharma Joshi, OBE. Just a reminder that everything discussed were the views of Pedro, Gareth, and Rohini, and not necessarily the views of Cash, Hoss, or Age Scotland. We really want to seek people's views from their experiences and perspectives and to get more people talking about these issues and to speak across policy, practice and research. If you've got anything you'd like to add to this conversation or you have your own perspectives, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch with Pedro at pedro at housingoptionscotland.org.uk.